0: Hey, hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to this edition of Cubs on Tap. I am your host for, uh, we're recording on a Saturday afternoon, which it's, uh, it's a beautiful Saturday. It's a little cold, but other than that, we're doing well. I'm your host for the day, Ron Luce, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Austin Bloomberg. Sir, how are
1: you today? I'm doing really well, man. Um, you know, baseball's back, and despite the little cold snap we got going on, that I got that to look forward to, so I uh, can't be complaining right now.
0: Absolutely, and that's exactly what we're going to touch on a lot today. Uh, this is kind of our welcome to spring training episode. Um, you know, for those that follow on tap closely, uh, you would have saw that our comrades on the other side of the city, uh, in terms of coverage, uh, did their, you know, spring training episode a few days ago. So we're getting ours out there now as well. Um and I think we actually picked a pretty good day to do it because uh, just a little while ago, earlier today, uh, Chris Bryant sat in front of the media and for about 35 minutes talked to the media. And there was a lot of good stuff that we have to take from it. Um, you know, some of the things he he touched on was, you know, the cheating scandal with the Astros. He touched on um, – you know, just him as a player, um, something that, you know, Austin, I know you want to touch on more, and, and I will leave it to that. But, you know, the the grievance and why he did it, um, as well as him wanting to be a Cub. And actually, we're just quickly, uh, we're going to cut right here to that minute 12-ish clip of him talking about wanting to be a Cub and and how that's false. Uh, and then we're going to, you know, keep breaking down this, uh, this presser.
2: I don't even know. I mean, with all the stuff, t- the talk going on right now, it's like... I think I've always had the stance that, yes, I want to play here. I love the city. And it's so – I mean, the biggest thing with this whole – the trade rumors that has disappointed me is the fact that I feel like people – not everybody, but the main reasoning behind it is that let's get rid of him now because he doesn't want to be here in two years. He turned down this monster extension well north of $200 and I'm like, Well, where was that? I never saw that. I mean, it's just these rumors and sources and people just saying things, and it's like the only thing that matters is what comes from my mouth. And never once have I said I never wanted to play here. I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys can go through all the recordings, all the interviews. I've always said I've respected everybody in this organization, everybody in the city, the fans. Like, we have it so good here. And, of course, I would love to play here.
0: So, I mean, good stuff right there from Chris Bryant. I, he wants to be a Cub. And I, I honestly like seeing that. You know, I initially when, um, you know, everybody was like, all of a sudden I was on Twitter and it was Bryant, 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 Bryant. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? You know, I, I didn't know that there was a presser this morning. And I think what I liked the most is he was just very honest. You know, sometimes you get these, you know, press conferences where everybody's trying to be too political and, you know, give the, the political response like, Oh, I'm just handling my business and blah, 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 you know, the garbage that nobody cares about. And, you know, Chris didn't do that at all. He, he just
1: dove right into it. Yeah. And, and you know, like, like you were, you were bringing up like he spent 35 media, 35 minutes with the media. That's, that's fantastic. And, and, um, I, I, I've never viewed Chris as one of my favorite players per se. I've always appreciated what he's brought to the table for the Cubs and, and, and seeing that sincerity, seeing that desire to, to be with the Cubs long term, while also understanding the business aspect and, and, and wanting what's best for both him and, you know, the players and the union in general. I, I, Mm -hmm. I think he goes about his business the right way and, and obviously plays the game the right way. And, 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 for as long as he's a Cub, I I don't know how a Cubs fan could be upset with that, you know. Like, agreed, he's been great.
0: Yeah, no, he really has, and I think that was something that I kind of reflected on a little bit this morning after listening <clears throat> to some of those clips. Was, you know, it's like everybody's so quick to just want to get him out of town, and yet, you know, he is. There are so many, and I think this is a reason why the Cubs have had the success that they've had is that that locker room is so many high character guys. You know, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, um, Jason Hayward, you know, Kyle Schwarber. So many of these guys, even Wilson Contreras is the same way as well. John Lester, you know, and that is why that, you know, that 16 season was so magical. Why, you know, they, they had the best run arguably in team history. A lot of that does boil down to team chemistry and, you know. I, uh, I had a conversation actually with a coworker. I'm going to give a, a shout out to uh, to Corey here. Him and I had a good conversation about this. He's a diehard Cubs fan as well. But, um, you, know, he, he, you know, the rumors that kind of began to sprinkle with the Arenado for Bryant straight up rumors. And he said, he goes, you know, Arenado has been known to stir the pot and kind of be a little bit of a head case. He goes, Chris has not at all been that. And now today, this just further cements his point is that yeah, you know, Chris is a good, you know, he's a team guy and he truly is sincere and yeah, of course he wants to get paid and the guys have the right to want to get paid, you know, in any profession that you are, whether you're an accountant, whether you're a bartender, whether you're, you know, a professional baseball player, whatever, you want to get what you believe you deserve and what you can earn. You want to maximize your earning potential. And so, you know, when people are like, oh, when is enough enough and it's like, but at the same time, you wouldn't be you know doing the same thing in your position, you know. If you want to,
1: shout out to Chicago Fire there, as they're rolling down the street with Austin. <laughs> we get that. It's good, a good old Grand Avenue, baby. That's a it's a good little flavor of Chicago to add to the podcast today. But yeah, you know, it's 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 you know it's a good background noise. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. hopefully everything's okay. There's a there's that's like the third or fourth truck in the last thirty seconds there. Yeah, so. that is.
0: That is quite a lot going on. Maybe they're getting excited uh, for baseball and they're just rushing uh, over to somebody that had too much excitement uh, getting ready for baseball today. But, you know, going back to to the, you know, about Chris and, you know, he just, he just seems like he truly wants to be here and he he wants to help this team win. So I think as a fan base, you got to enjoy that. And just really quick, I I found this actually, I have my tweet deck up in front of me and I found this when my Chris Bryant search, um, Patrick Mooney tweeted, uh, also from the press conference, um, he said, Chris Bryant, and I quote, of course you want to be here, but I don't hold those cards. I just go out there and play third base, dot, 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 and left field and right field and center field and first base and do what I do. Just a little tidbit that I thought that was interesting there is, you know, everybody's sit here, and I'm just going to – this is going to be my spin zone for the episode. Everybody's sitting <laughs> here saying – you know, oh, the Cubs would have to trade Chris Bryant if you get Nolan Arenado. If you can get Nolan Arenado to play third base and Chris Bryant can play center field, what does that do for your roster? You don't have to necessarily answer that. You please do if you want to, uh, but that's my little spin zone. But you know, Austin, what else do you, you know, I know? I know you mentioned obviously the player grievance, and that's that's a huge point um, that he brought up. And I think, you know, him, him kind (laughs) of taking one for the team there, you know, was, was good. You know, what other takeaways do you have from the the Um, press conference?
1: What, well, just, just going off of that, uh, I mean, he touched up on a lot, but like, uh, uh, I'm I'm pulling up a quote here from, from the press conference with regard to, uh, why he filed his grievance. And, and he said that he, he said, quote, I saw this as a process that's eventually going to help the players in the next round of negotiating, and I was going to be that guy to have the courage to do it. It was really important to me, and and it, so I, I take that like and and I, I couple it with him having served as as the Cubs MLB Players Union rep, and and he he cares about you know obviously the grievance you know like if he would have been you know awarded free agency sooner, it would have been better for his bottom line, obviously. But I I, I think he. Went in knowing he was going to lose, and 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 he went in because he thought that this was an injustice for the players. And I I, okay. I just really like to see that when players are willing to take that stand mm-hmm. uh, for what they believe in about about how the business aspect of the sport works. And I I think the fans it, as a general population lose sight of that so often is that this is their lives. And Absolutely. I know they're making I know they're making untold millions of dollars, but the owners are making untold billions of dollars, you know, so it's like, I'm, right. I'm always with the, with the laborer, uh, which is obviously the player in this case. And I, I just really appreciate like it, how he's approached this the entire time. And, and you could see today, like, it's not like, uh, I know this is a very odd, uh, comparison, but, but, uh, like with Edison Russell last year, his press conference, you know, after, I mean, he should have been cut. Obviously, like after everything came out, instead of just being suspended for 40 games or whatever, but Russell looked rehearsed and tired and robotic. And, and, and I know he doesn't have a lot of, you know, outgoing personality anyway, but like nothing sounded sincere there. And and today with Chris Bryant, it's like when he said he wants to be a Cub, you knew that was true. Uh, when he said he felt that this was the right thing to do, filing the grievance against the union, you knew that that was true. Uh, when he lambasted the the Astros and said that, you know their cheating was worse than steroids, and you know like kind of inferred that they might get thrown at, and didn't really have much sympathy for that. You you knew all of those things were true because because Chris Bryant tends to have that very measured, very calculated uh, approach to how he you know reveals his feelings, and so I you know that's my takeaway. Uh, everything he said today was uh, you know I just I overall I just appreciated it. Um, you know I'm happy that he's still a cub, and let's just see what role in the that's what him in 2020 brings. Absolutely. No, well well said there. I,
0: I think you you nailed it on the head. You know, especially you and I being, you know, former college athletes in our own right, you know, y- you have sympathy for the players. You know, you if we were in that situation, if you could make it to the pros and, you know, and I think that is a big flaw in the CBA currently is the, um, the service time rule. And I, I think a lot of players also see that, you know, look like look at you know with for example with the white Sox. i think they're the first team that's trying to combat that in a way with signing eloy before the season and, give it, and getting him yeah. locked up so they could call him up and they don't even have to worry about the service time garbage same thing yeah. now with you know Luis robert as well or robert as uh, buzz so <laughs> tells us that we need to pronounce it that way Fair um, enough. but you know i i think you know chris doing what he did if nothing else it generates the conversation, right? It, yeah, it, absolutely. at least now you're going to get more players, maybe not necessarily filing grievances, but at least being more open about it and saying, look, we think this is a load of crap, you know? And I, I think that it'll allow the, the MLBPA and hopefully the MLB to sit down at some point and, and at least discuss this and say, look, this is, is garbage for the players. It truly is, you know? and, you know, how about instead, you know, if a guy's ready, just bring him up, you know, and, and, you know, essentially Ikshne the yeah. service time rule,
1: you know, and yeah, they, they, they got to find a way. Uh, and, and yeah, like you said, the White Sox did a really good job extending, um, Robert, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it how Buzz would prefer me to, uh, <laughs> but, uh, 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 but with, with him and, and Jimenez, uh, Atlanta extended Albies and Acuna early. Mm-hmm. And then, the one that I was really impressed with, actually, was San Diego, because uh, I'm pretty sure they uh, they didn't extend uh, Tatis Jr. or uh, uh, Chris Paddock. But last year they started the season um, right away with the big league squad because they were yeah. ready. Right. Um, and But that's that's what three out of thirty teams, so ten percent of the league is not manipulating service time. And then even in those instances, it's only you know very specific players. Uh, the Blue Jays were going to manipulate uh, Vladdy Junior's service time, but then he got hurt, so they they had an excuse. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's a rarity, but um, yeah, I just wanted to play along on that point because when you brought yeah. up the White Sox, it got me thinking.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, I, and I think, and this is something obviously we can discuss in, in further lengths for probably hours if we wanted to, but just as a as a quick note, you know, it, it would come down, I think, to if they ikshne the rule. You would see guys maybe stay in the minors for another season longer because teams wouldn't want to call them up halfway through the year and lose that extra year, which yeah. I don't think ultimately hurts the player. You know, for him to stay in the minors for a little longer, you continue to rake and then you start the season with the big club because at least you can then build that chemistry then with the big club, just going right in, um, you know, to the season rather than having to come up three four weeks into the year and and then still yeah. play an entire season essentially minus, you know, 30 games or I don't even think it's that. I think it's like yeah, 20 I think, games I think, or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think Bryant missed like somewhere between like 10 and 15 games. It, w- it wasn't a ton of games, but yeah. like if the Cubs in, in 2015, he still obviously won the Rookie of the Year and the Cubs had the third best record in baseball, albeit behind the the, the Cardinals and the Pirates in their own division. But uh, what if the Cubs, you know, in that surprise season, you know, what if they missed the wild card by one, two games? And then you're game. like, "Yep, yeah, it could have been any." I mean, come on, Mike Olt. like, <laughs> it, 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 and 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 the the whole thing, the whole grievance, uh, uh, with with you know Brian's service time was just kind of to prove for the 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 players' union to prove how lopsided this is toward the owners. Mm-hmm. You know, like you had a guy that was the best hitter in spring training in 15. Mm-hmm. He was coming off like minor league player of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, everything he's done, and then he obviously won rookie of the year that year. So it's like. It, it it was clearly for no other reason than service time manipulation. And, and, and as, as transparent and honest as Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer, you know, tend to be like for them to give any explanation otherwise is, is, you know, it's, 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 it's largely just bullshit, you know? And it's like, I, I don't know, man, I, 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 I we couldn't transition somewhere else. Cause I just get frustrated, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, so I I would really like to see a no strike, mm-hmm. um, and then B uh, some sort of system where the players can get paid while they're at their best. Yeah, you know, while they're in their prime, because when when you finally get to become a free agent with the current system, outside of what Bryce Harper and 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 Machado, mm-hmm. uh, Castellanos is another example. Usually, you're like 30 or 31 when you're a free agent and nobody's shelling out that Albert Pujols contract anymore right for a 30 year old like and, and I get it because you know players decline in their 30s like if unless you're Max Scherzer you know mm-hmm. Justin Verlander you're going to decline but uh, like Verlander didn't even really get a free agent like he was just you know signing contract extensions. so right. anyway I'm digressing but yeah hopefully hopefully something works out to where players get paid appropriately and fairly and and you know get their you know like Fair share of 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 the the revenue, yeah.
0: Remind me that we're gonna have to do an episode on that sometime, even if it's like a twenty minute one or twenty five minute <laughs> that's, one. That's just that's fair. Them. I
1: I obviously have things to say about it. No, and so. no, no. I yeah, I love yeah. it. You know,
0: it's good. It's always good getting people's opinions on stuff, especially things that are controversial, because you know you ultimately solve problems by talking about things. So yeah. Um, but to your note, uh, we will go ahead and transition. And I think a good way to start the transition, um. Obviously, we're here to talk about spring training, right? The The Bryant press conference today took big news, so we wanted to address that early in this episode. Um, but now we're just, we're going to kind of talk about some takeaways so far from spring training. Obviously, pitchers and catchers reported last week. Um, I believe everybody else reports today, I want to say. Yeah, I think
1: it was. I think it is today. I think, uh, what, Kipnis was there yesterday. Yeah. I want to say. Or was that this morning? I, I Time's a whirlwind to me when I watched the Kipnis interview, yeah. but... Um, yeah, so it yeah, I think it is today, I think you're right,
0: yeah, so, and I know the first group like workout is Monday, um with everybody, okay. so you know, with all that being said, I think a quick thing to address, I saw it come up in my feed here when we were discussing um the aforementioned subject, is that Kipness in spring training will be wearing number twenty seven all right, so for those that. Do remember? It was the last <laughs> worn by uh, one Addison Russell, um, but now the hometown Northbrook native Jason Kipnis will be wearing that um, with the Cubs in spring training, and then obviously, assuming he makes the team, you know, I would imagine that would be his number uh, going forward as well. So, just yeah. quick, quick something you know more not breaking, I guess it's not like a <gasps> earth shattering news, but something that's interesting um, to that was actually just you know just came out a few minutes ago while we were here talking. So. You know, uh, Austin, the, the first thing I wanted to, to mention, um, and I know you wanted to mention as well, and I th- certainly think it's worth bringing up, is uh, Kyle Hendricks. Um, you know, last week, he he had some good words. Um, he gave uh, some good quotes uh, to to the media when he was just discussing his offseason and different things like that. And he said he really worked on getting stronger and, you know, more consistent uh, mechanics so that he can be the best version of himself, because we've seen it when he's the best version of himself. You know, he's like Greg Maddox reincarnated. You know, but when he's not good, he gets tattooed because he throws eighty-five mile per hour. You know, softballs down the middle of the plate for some of these guys. So, you know, what what do you think about some of those comments and just what are your takeaways that are you know maybe you're getting excited about Kyle Hendricks for this season or something that you just kind of want to yeah. keep an eye on with him.
1: Well, I mean, I'm, I'm always excited about Kyle Hendricks, uh, given that he's my favorite player, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I really appreciate how he approached his off season because he, he talked about feeling uncomfortable a little bit with like uh, how the last two years have gone for him, even though both seasons, his ERA was a full run up above league average. And, you know, as always, he was out pitching his peripherals, uh, But he made a comment, and and this is from an article from uh, NBC Sports uh, by the author's name was Cam Ellis. Uh, Hendrick said that I was just getting very mechanical, and he went on to say he didn't feel like his arm path was smooth, he wasn't feeling athletic, and um, he was getting tired down the stretch, and especially his lower body. So he, you know, he didn't do a bunch of, like, muscle mass, It, it, it sounds like, as much as, like... It, you know, really like getting his muscles fine-tuned and getting them stretched, and like and and finding more flexibility. So I, I'm curious to see how that plays out with him because somebody like Hendricks has like, you know, his his mechanics are are perfectly repeatable. You know, where where so many pitchers in the game don't have that consistent approach, and and so if you look at like uh, Hendricks' uh, arm slot, his release point is it, it fastball. Two-seamer, four-seamer, with his with his uh, changeup and curveball, the the pitch tunneling is insane. It, it's all the same spot that he's releasing the ball. So if he can somehow fine tune that and get a, get even better, um, we could see that you know ceiling of being another 2016 type run for him. Um, so I'm I'm excited. Um, but yeah, well, well and and you know there's always that joke of like players come in saying they're in the best shape of their life and they're going to have a career year or whatever and and Hendricks didn't say any of that you know he just said he's more comfortable where he is right now so i yeah. guess that's my take but you know i'm i'm always going to be excited about Hendricks so
0: yeah no I, I think that's a totally fair point though too because you know like you said i mean 2016 was a very magical run for not only you know Hendricks but also for John Lester and I don't foresee John getting back there just by natural age regression. I mean, he's got a lot of hard miles on yeah. his arm. But uh, Hendricks is still a guy that's, you know, from an age perspective, is still young enough where he can have another season like that. And, you know, I think that's certainly something to keep an eye on because, you know, if there is another, you know, second half you Darvish season ahead for Darvish and you Hendricks potentially pitching like he did in 2016 – at least you know that two out of every five days you have a very legitimate chance to win with your pitching almost day in and day out and there's almost no question about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then um even more with Hendricks, he uh I don't know if you saw with uh, Patrick Mooney um from the Athletic uh post an article early this morning. I wanna say yeah, it was it was this morning. Um uh Kyle Hendricks kinda opened up about his take on David Ross as the manager mm-hmm. and how he felt like uh it, the team needed that change from Madden. And I know that's kind of been the, you know, the, the, the drum that everybody's beating, but Hendricks is usually pretty low key about his opinions on, on things. And Mm -hmm. um, what he said was two things were interesting. One, he talked about how a lot of the players that are there early have been really excited about these 9am meetings that Ross is running every day. But then he also said um, the team has needed one unifying voice and and he said it's clear that Rossi is already doing that. Mm-hmm. So, I, it, you know, like it, it, it's it, it seems to be. I know that Joe Madden had that uh, ESPN article hit. I think the days the day that pitchers and catchers reported, and he kind of said that he realized he wasn't going to be in Chicago after last season anyway, which it, it contradicted what Theo Epstein felt that they had talked about, which is another story for another day. But it, it felt like the Madden, you know, the Madden train had run its, you know. it, it it got to the station. You know, we got the five mm-hmm. years with Madden. Um, I'm still not sold on David Ross. He wasn't. You know, we had talked about that last podcast or two podcasts ago. But I, I'm still going to give him a chance. And and the early returns, at least what you're hearing from players, uh, sounds like you know us could be going on the right track. So we'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And and you know, I think this is this is kind of a good seg- segue into the the next topic we wanted to discuss and that was David Ross and you know some of the things that we're observing as you know fans uh, from spring training to this point and you know right now um, which actually reminds me so for a little precursor for our listeners uh, before Austin and I jumped on I was listing off the amount of jerseys I have Cubs jerseys and who I have I also have a David Ross jersey Um so I was actually excited when he was named manager because I was like, oh, this is relevant once again. But, <laughs> nice. um, you know, keeping the train on the tracks here, you know, I think... A lot think, of train
1: talk today, man. <laughs> a lot, of, <laughs> lot of train talk.
0: But, you know, it's it's interesting that, you know, like you said, players that historically aren't very vocal are being vocal about David Ross. Players that aren't historically maybe mentors and this is kind of why I wanted to take this. Are being mentors, and and you know, for anybody that maybe hasn't seen any of the articles that have come out, um, you know, David Ross noted that a lot of these, you know, older, I guess, veterans, you know, pitchers um, are really starting to take, you know, some of these kids under their wing. Um, John Lester notably stayed after one of his bullpen sessions and watched other pitchers. Watch some of these young guys throw a bullpen and give them pointers, David Ross said he's never ever seen John Lester do that, and David Ross has been with John Lester for a very long time in their careers, you know whether it's been him as a part of the front office, him as a player, and now obviously him as a coach so you know I think that's to your point what you know Hendricks said about Ross you know that one unifying voice is seeming to have that trickle down effect now with some of these veterans,
1: yeah, and I think you know like it. To me, it feels like the Cubs kind of needed a little bit of what the Phillies got with Girardi. Uh, They wanted a little more structure and discipline um, from their manager, uh, which, you know, Madden is, is, you know, frustrating to people because of how laissez-faire he is in a lot of ways. But Mm -hmm. it obviously worked in Tampa, and it obviously worked for three years in Chicago. um, And then two years it didn't, but we still made the playoffs one year. Should have, you know. It probably made the playoffs last year if they didn't fall apart in September. But you know, it's like they just, it, it, especially with like the 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 ricketts not spending any money um, or not allowing Theo and Judd to spend money. So you're coming back with the same team. You know the talents there. The only way to make a change, you know that 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 could affect your playoff outcome is to like change the culture. And mm-hmm. you know, so so we'll see to what end Madden or sorry we'll see to what end that 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 Ross is impact we'll have there and and um uh it's just funny because it's like last year have you seen the pakoda standings yet this year yes uh yeah so we're actually projected to make the playoffs with 84 and a half wins right now mm-hmm. from pakoda which is hilarious because everybody got so mad at pakoda last year when they almost perfectly got the cubs record right they said we'd have what 81 wins and we had 84 last yeah, year so. i think
0: i think they initially said 79 um, and then they re- like, kind of revamped it closer to the start of the season. I think it was like 82-83 okay. wins, and yeah, they almost hit it right on the head.
1: <gasps> yeah, so it's like, I, you know, and, and projections are what they are. I'm not going to put too much weight into it, but, mm-hmm. but it, it would be interesting if – it, it, but it's also like kind of where I expect the Cubs to be this year. You know, like it, it, they'll battle for – the NL Central crown with Cincinnati and and St. Louis, even though they haven't really done much this offseason, they'll be there. And and Milwaukee's always that wild card, uh, not literally, but you know, you never know if Milwaukee, how good Milwaukee's going to be, and they always kind of find a way to surprise you. At least since like what 2017. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, it, I just think you know, like having having the structure that David Ross could bring if if he can show an aptitude for for you know, bullpen management that Madden clearly never did. If, 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 if having, he had talked about, I think earlier this week, uh, having a more structured, consistent lineup, uh, mm-hmm. you know, those things could influence one, two, three wins. And that is all you need, you know, in a presumably tight race to to sneak into the playoffs and yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, you're good. I, I was just going to add, you know, you mentioned Pakoda too, um, Brian Mishler, another, uh, you know, reoccurring voice here on, on Cubs on tap. He even mentioned it, you know, and, and we discussed it a little bit kind of in our, in our group chats and whatnot is that, you know, they, the Cubs on paper in theory are not a better team this year than they were last year. And yet Pocota in their first round projected the Cubs to be six wins better. So does Pocota take into effect? Ross coming in as a manager and that maybe breathing new life into this organization because you know I one of my favorite books I've honestly ever read was David Ross's book teammate that he he wrote and it released you know a couple months after the World Series buzz and you know when he was on Dancing with the Stars and all that and one thing that you know players that were quoted in that book mentioned was David Ross in that 2016 Cubs team was the the discipline he was that guy that wasn't yeah. afraid to, you know, call somebody out when they weren't doing their job correctly. Or, you know, he, he remember I remember distinctly from the book, he mentioned a story one day about Anthony Rizzo. And, you know, the guy that's truly the bona fide leader of this team. You know, everybody, you know, our, our good friend and, and, uh, and multi-time guest Dom Frederick says, you know, put the damn C on his chest. Because that's what Anthony yeah, Rizzo absolutely. really is to this team. And... You know, I still remember David Ross said. You know, they were joking around one day in the the locker room, and I think I think Anthony Rizzo was in like just his underwear, and he's up on a table dancing, and you know, he's like got. I think he had like shaving cream or something. He was like trying to get guys with it, and a guy got him, and he it got in his eye, and he got all pissed off, and he like kind of ran to the bathroom, and was starting to sulk. And Ross like walked over to him. He's like, "What the hell are you doing?" He goes, "Quit, quit whining. Quit being a little, you know." girl about it or, you know, baby about it, I think is the better word, not girl. Uh, I wanted to use a different word, but I'm trying to stay clean today uh, with my language. And, you know, and get up there and do what you're doing because that's the type of, of stuff we need here in the locker room is you bringing that energy. And what did Rizzo do? Goes right back to being himself. You know, so so yeah. sometimes it's just those little things <clears throat> that guys, like you said, they need that discipline in. And And uh, this is a question I want to pose to you now, kind of building off of all of my rant about David Ross. Do you think that because of Ross's, you know, sense of keeping guys accountable, and you know, the there isn't that laissez-faire, you know, attitude anymore like Madden had? Do you think there's less of a chance that the Cubs break down at the end of the season in September because of that potential structure now?
1: I I would say yes, uh, but with a caveat that I I. Again, you know, it's just I think that looseness with Madden in in fifteen when they you know came out of nowhere, you know, as a team nobody expected them to make the playoffs, uh, and then sixteen when it's like oh we're like World Series favorites, you know, all season long, and that looseness I think that was good then I, I really do, but I, I like you said I think there was like a, a and Brian I think mentioned it in our Slack chat earlier this week how uh, you know. There was, like, no accountability. There was, you know, like, players could do whatever they want. There was no, like, you know, set practices, like, throughout the year and stuff like that. Like, like all of that stuff, I think, definitely had an effect on the team. And, and with uh, with Ross, you're, you're not going to get that. You're not going to have that, like, it, it, you know, like, Cubs fans see Ross as, like, the guy carried off the field as Grandpa Rossi as all that. And I, I, I think he knows how to walk the line mm-hmm. um, between, like, having that reverence from people like, you know, and and utilizing that when it's appropriate, but yeah, I think he'll be a disciplinarian and he's not going to put up with, you know, like the the story you just gave about Rizzo. He's not going to put up with that. And, and um, so, yeah, to, to answer your question, I think, I, I think if the Cubs are in the thick of the playoff in September, uh, his presence and, and the differing presence he has compared to Madden could very well have a, have an impact on them not breaking down. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's true.
0: Yeah, because, you know, I think about it, you know, like we mentioned earlier, you and I both former athletes. I think about, you know, when I played, you get down to that late in the season and you're tired and your body's beaten down. And, you know, and really every year other than 2016, pretty much since then, 17, 18 and 19, the Cubs had some type of collapse in September, whether it was just the bats weren't hot or, you know, they were doing just enough to win in that last month of the season to, to stay relevant and get to where they wanted to be. And it's really interesting because, you know, when you're when you have more free reign as a player, at least I know when I did, you know, and there's that laxadaisical approach from your coach, you're more likely to then sit back and and rest and yeah. you know not keep grinding that out. You you let yourself get away from the, the the objective and you allow yourself to just kind of you know kind of go with the flow late in the year because you start thinking about oh this, we're almost there we're almost done. You know, where, you know, so I think that could have contributed to the collapse over the last few years with Madden just not having that sense of accountability where now, you know, maybe with Ross, there's less of that. Guys are more willing to, you know, okay, we're going to put in that extra work because we're there. We're close. He's going to be that guy that can motivate them. You know, but like you said, I think he can also be that guy that can walk the line where, you know, he can have fun and, and have a good sense of, you know, relationship with each of these guys while also at the same time being able to tell them, hey, you know, you, you, you're you not playing well right now. We're not messing around right now. I'm going to bench you today. You know, I remember the, you know, the uh, controversy is not the right word, but we'll use it for sake of the example of when, you know, like Javi Baez didn't hustle, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, should have beat a ball out and nothing happened. You know, he wasn't pulled from the game. You know, he wasn't sat the next day. And I remember uh, David Kaplan specifically was livid about it. He was like, why are – there's no sense of accountability within this team, and that's a problem. And yeah. Ross isn't going to let that happen.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think that it's especially important now because uh, it w- wasn't last year, maybe two or three years ago, um, uh, another Javi example. I think he, he had that bat where he, he popped a ball up into foul territory and like, like flipped his bat. And like out of anger and just like looked pouty and it was uh, Pedro Strope pulled him aside, mm-hmm. you know. So like obviously you know that voice is is no longer with us. He's with your boy Castellanos in Cincinnati, but uh, you know so like losing losing you know more leadership, uh, you know uh, from 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 a player perspective, it's it's gonna take that top down approach with with Ross. So mm-hmm. I. the accountability is important, you know, and, and we'll see what happens. But, um, again, you know, I, I'm curious, like, and I mean, we've been talking a lot, a lot about Ross as a, a, you know, building clubhouse culture and everything, but like, what about him? Like as a tactician, you know, tactician, like what, Mm -hmm. like to transition there, like, how do you feel, you know, with like, I mean, we could go any number of directions, the leadoff hitter, uh, uh, playing time in center field, like, Mm-hmm. I, I I'm really curious of the leadoff spot and, and um, I know there's like another wave of people talking about Anthony Rizzo mm-hmm. leading off again this year, which obviously he'd be a good leadoff hitter, but I, I fear you're losing too much power in the middle of the lineup. Um, I had mentioned with uh, Patrick uh, Flowers on White Sox unfiltered last weekend that I just want the Cubs to plug and play Nico Horner. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, his, his walk percentage is too low in his cup of coffee, <laughs> but the, the kid makes contact at everything he swings at. He doesn't strike out. Uh, he plays a solid second base. Uh, obviously, we saw him at shortstop last year, but the, the Kipnis signing could throw a wrench in that, too. They, they could start Horner down in, in AAA. If, if Kipnis shows that he can be healthy and, and effective, he could be our opening day second baseman, which, I, you know, I'm not— I, I'm not the biggest fan of, but like if he if he's effective, I'm I'm cool with it. I'd rather have him as like a replacement for Descalzo. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I don't know what your take is on any of that, but I'm just, you know, yeah, I'm all over the place today. So no,
0: and I mean it's fair. There's there's so many questions that, that come along with all this, right? And that's the beauty of spring training is, you know, we can sit here and dissect this all day long. But to your to your point, I think it is going to be interesting. I'm, I think I'm most interested to see is just how he brings. That I call it the catcher's mentality to the management spot because you look at around the league, how many great managers were former catchers? Because, as a catcher, you know, and I I admittedly did not play baseball growing up. However, my dad was a very good baseball player. My dad actually, um, had it not been, you know, too far away from family, he had a full ride offer to Arizona State to play baseball. So, Yeah, he was a catcher, and like my dad always would tell me growing up, and and even to this day, we still have conversations about it. The catcher is the the field general in baseball. You know, even though the pitcher is the one out there executing, and you know, on defense, the catcher is calling the game. The catcher's you know calling the shifts a lot of times. You know, the catcher is essentially like the quarterback of the baseball field in a lot of ways.
1: Absolutely, and so Um, I I
0: I think he's going to be able to bring that. And, you know, because of that experience, obviously, of him being a catcher and and being able to do all that, you know, I think that's going to benefit him a lot. But I agree with you. I'm intrigued to see what they do with Horner because from a leadoff pers- perspective, I think he could be a very effective leadoff hitter, especially if he starts taking walks more because he was getting on base a ton last year. Sure, you know, in the 30 games or whatever, 15 of them he was scorching hot, 15 of them he was yeah. kind of not. but. At the same time, you know, like you said, he was still making contact. He was still getting on base. You know, he can steal a bag if you need him to. He's got the speed. You know, is he the perfect guy that can get on base ahead of guys like Bryant and Rizzo and you know Contreras and Baez in this lineup that allows those guys' his RBI totals to get you know back to where we all thought they should have been.
1: Yeah, and and um, if you look at the leadoff spot for the Cubs last year. I, I saw something earlier. They used somewhere in the neighborhood of 17 leadoff hitters uh, sure. since Dexter Fowler left That's after insane. the 2016 season, yeah. and I think they used like 11 alone last year. Yeah, I, I could be wrong with that, but those numbers are still like, it, and and their on base percentage was under 300. Um, I don't have the exact numbers. I'm, I'm I'm kind of just riffing off my memory, but but their on base percentage from the leadoff spot was dead last in baseball last year. Yeah, uh, so it's like it, it, even if it, you're going to have growing pains with Horner. Um, obviously, he he got a taste of that last year, and 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 can already learn how to adjust based on how pitchers adjusted to to you know him, especially after his debut. But uh, it, we have so many question marks. Like Ian Happ, he's probably a starting center fielder, right? Uh, mm-hmm. He needs to cut down his strike strikeout percentage even more before he becomes a leadoff hitter. I, in my mind, he's fast enough, but agreed. Uh, he struck struck out 25% last year, which uh in his you know brief time in the majors which is was like 10 percent lower than his career but uh still above average and that's what you don't want to see in the leadoff spot um you, you know you don't have this Zobris. i already touched on not wanting to lose rizzo's power in the middle of the lineup so it's like i i honestly like i just you know see what see what horner has and if he it, that's my take um but you know it's like it's it's one of so many questions the Cubs have, you know, and it's it right. it, it makes it intriguing and frustrating all at once, you know. <laughs> how is this going to come together? How is how is Ross gonna gonna see the big picture and 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 how much time is he going to give players to perform before you know making changes? You know, like will Jason Hayward start every day in right field or is he going to sit him against a tough left-handed batter? You know, yeah. like or left-handed pitcher. So I I don't know. I, there's just so much going on.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, and that's something we'll watch unfold. Hopefully, um, you know, we've talked about it enough, but Marquee Sports Network, hopefully they, you know, nail down the deals with the rest of the cable providers that they need to and and streaming services so that we can watch as fans and and dissect this um, on a level, which reminds me just quickly want to note, they added Mark Grace, notable, Cubs first baseman as a part of the coverage. Um, as well as another young lady and I don't want to butcher her name. So I'm quickly looking it up, but you know, they're really continuing to, to broaden that horizon. Here she is. Uh, her name is Elise Meneker. Um, so she actually does a lot with big 10 network. Um, and she'll also be joining the, the marquee sports clan. So they've, they've built up a hell of a cast of people. Um, they just need to build up their arsenal of where we can watch, but I don't want to get us off too much on a tangent. Um, yeah, I think we've we brought up a ton of good stuff. Um, you know, before we get out of here, I think for the day, I do want to ask you a question. What is the one thing from spring training now for these next, you know, month or so that you really are gonna be maybe watching the most, or you're intrigued to see what they decide, or you know, is there one player that you're, you know, really keeping your eye on? What is something that you're really gonna be focused on now for the rest of spring training?
1: Um, I, I think I'm going to roll two of your questions into one. Um, I, it, as much as I, I'm curious of center field or second base or, you know, Nico Horner being one of my, you know, go-to uh, things to watch this spring. I, the biggest thing that I'm looking at is a number five starter. Mm. Uh, and uh, the player for me to watch is Edward Elselai. Uh I've liked him for a long time and um, he seems healthy now and if the Cubs are gonna take a chance on him to be, you know, that first truly homegrown pitching prospect, you know, from being signed or drafted to, you know, making making his dent um, on, the, you know, taking his place in the major league roster, it's it's gonna be this year. Um, I I had written an article what a week and a half or two weeks ago talking about five starting pitching free agents the Cubs could go after, and one of them was Taiwan Walker, who has since back since went back to Seattle yep. there's a handful of other guys still available but a lot of them have injury history um, or other concerns um, but yeah so for me it's it, it, I think the most important thing to figure out is who is going to be our number five and um, I know Chatwood probably has the advantage there and you also have Alec Mills um, you know who, whose spot started last year and, and and showed you know that he's capable and then you have Colin Ray who's bounced around the major leagues a little bit and has starting uh pitching history but like i i i really want to see how I get that chance so so if he has a big spring if if his changeup is more consistent um his curveball's filthy you know and his fastball sits in the like you know 93 to 96 range like i i that's that's my you know that's that's what i'm going to be watching all spring um i'm excited for for him and hope that this is his big year
0: yeah no, I, I agree. I think that's something I'm certainly going to keep an eye on too. And I, maybe just elaborating more, I'm really interested in that three through five pitching. Um, Fair enough. You know, and, and just from the standpoint of it, it, it encompasses what you said. You know, who's going to be the five starter? But I want to see how Jose Quintana and John Lester look as the three and fours. I, I mean, it's weird saying that John Lester's a three. I mean, we've just gotten to that point in the in his career. Yeah. But you know, Darvish is the clear one i would say hendrix is the clear 1a at this point i think they're both interchangeable in that role depending on what version of each of them we get um, that being said you know i i really want to see how those guys look cuz if quintana can be like vintage quintana when he's at his yeah. best i think back to 2017 when he was acquired at the deadline if he can be oh, that yeah. quintana and and John is never going to be Cy Young John again, and I'm I'm totally okay with that, and I've accepted that. As long as he can be three quarters of what he was in 2018,
1: I would be yeah, happy. I I would too, and 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 I think for, for to your point, like um, I, I think both Lesser and Quintana are going to eat up innings. Mm -hmm. um i don't i don't think that's the question it's like how quality are those innings going to be exactly um if they can both have eras like at or below four Mm -hmm. um and give us 170 ish innings the cubs should be in good shape starting pitching presuming that their number five you know whoever that ends up being has you know like at least baseline okay numbers uh like the the starting pitching ERA last year the average for Major League Baseball was like four almost four and a half I want to say so like if if Lester and Quintana can can you know give you an ERA of around four I I think we're in good shape uh but that, that you know there's so many questions that's it, presuming Darvish is as good as he was last year in the second half and um you know what Hendricks is going to give you so it's like I, we'll see what happens but I I think that you're that's a great point that you made about the three through five. I think that's that's gonna be clutch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um it's it's gonna be a fun one. Well, we have approached about the forty five minute marks, so I think it's a good time for us to start wrapping up. So quickly, um, before we got out here, Austin, what is kind of your closing thought for today's episode?
1: Man, uh It's a loaded it, question. It is a loaded <laughs> question. And, and we've kind of been all over the place today, so I I think it's just, like, my concluding thought is, like, I'm just going to take the wait-and-see approach, and and um, I, it, there's always optimism with spring training. Um, you love hearing, like, the excitement of, what, they had 25 players in camp, like, a week and a half early. Uh, it, it, the direction that David Ross is, is uh, providing uh, seems to be rejuvenating players. Like, Hendricks is excited, you know, Hendricks... Mm-hmm could throw a perfect game and just walk off the field like he, you know, just gave up a four run home run. You just, you know, so it's like hearing, hearing excitement and you you know, it's, it's spring, you know, training. So it's like, it's at once refreshing and also not surprising. So it's like, for me, I'm going to, I'm going to take it as it comes. Uh, I don't want to get too reactionary right now, but yeah, that's for me. I'm yeah, that's literally, I didn't answer your question at all, but that's fine. Like I, I I just, (laughs) I want to, I want to see what happens and and I'm not going to, I'm not going to put too much stock into anything until we start playing, you know, games that matter, you know, in the standings. So Absolutely. we'll see what
0: happens. Yep. And we're, we're going to keep March 26th on the calendar um, because that's opening day around baseball. Um, I love it because it's the day before my birthday. So that's going to be a fun weekend for me because then that Monday after my birthday is Cubs Wrigley opening day on March 30th. So days that we will keep circled on our calendars. Um, yeah. You know, I think my quick closing thought is very on tap sports net related. Um, <clears throat> so we, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. There is going to be an announcement uh, regarding our two shows that we currently have. This one here comes on tap and Northside nine, nothing bad per se. Um, you know, nobody's getting canned or anything of that nature. Um, just some, some housekeeping stuff over here on on tap sports So be sure to keep an eye out on that um we also have a good guest coming up as well um that's going to be um you know we're going to be recording with i think it's probably going to be austin and i and and could hopefully somebody else as well from from on tap um we're going to have uh it's going to be another recurring guest um and i think you guys are going to love him i know i loved him the first time i got to speak with him so uh but we're going to leave it at that we're going to leave him unknown um until the the episode is dropped And I just want to remind everybody that you can go find all of our great Cubs coverage over at www.ontapsportsnet.com. It is the best place for all of your literature and podcasting needs, wants, and desires about all of your favorite Chicago sports teams, Cubs included. We've got great Bulls and Blackhawks coverage as those seasons are both in full swing. Uh, Bears coverage is just, they're pumping it out over there with our Bears guys. Uh, Lots of off-season notes from them. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, Cubs fans everywhere. We all have a friend that's a Sox fan. Let's be honest with ourselves. Go ahead and direct them over to us (laughs) as well. Uh, I think we have some of the best White Sox coverage uh, around, truthfully. I think it competes with just about anybody, um, if not blows them out of the water. So be sure to also look on social media. You can find us there at ONTAP Sportsnet. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And once again, www.ontapsportsnet.com, the ONTAP Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host for the day again, Ron Luce, co-host Austin. Thank you so much, sir, for joining me. That was a fantastic conversation that we just had for almost 50 minutes here. Um, I'm actually excited to listen back to it and and absorb it all all over again. So um, without further ado, sir, thanks again for joining me. And we'll get out of here the only way we know how to. Let's go cubbies.